Welcome to the July 12th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today. We'll be going over Proverb 12, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray you'd give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you would have them hear from this broadcast today. Lord, I pray you would give them revelation of the love of God and how much Jesus truly loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 12, beginning in verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray.
The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Brothers and sisters, we have a treat for you today. I have Ethan Wilson, a fellow first-year student at Karis Bible College. Ethan, the first question I'd like, is there any verse in particular that stuck out to you from this particular proverb? Hey, good afternoon, Bill. This is a great opportunity to be able to speak and uh, speak out to uh, everybody that's listening. So <clears throat> one of the verses that I like, um, it's uh, verse 11. And it's, he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. And I think that really stood out to me because, you know, I need to, you know, till better in my house and in my land and till more into my wife um, and speak more life into her. This way, um, we're more connected, we're, there's more unity, and we're feeding into our marriage. Excellent. Thanks. And that's a good point. Ethan, some of people may, listening to this podcast may not know you. Just tell me a little bit about your upbringing and, and uh, tell me what you'd like to share. All right. Um, upbringing, I grew up in New York, uh, upstate New York, and um, really cutting a lot of things out. Uh, had a troubled childhood, had a very abusive father. Um, again, a father that um, just didn't know how to love and wasn't loved as a child. So that bled over into my upbringing and my three other siblings. So we had a rough childhood and um, my mom did the best she can, you know, often working two or three jobs, um, being extremely supportive, but she was also uh, abused and um, put into the hospital a few times. And the atmosphere in the house was never a fun atmosphere. I never wanted to go home. Um, there was always something going on. There was turmoil, there was chaos, but out of that chaos, if we speak to it later, uh, you'll hear the fruit that came out of that. But um, after graduating high school, joined the Navy, was in the Navy for 24 years, um, traveled around the world, literally deployed on both coasts. So it wasn't until I joined the Navy that I really blossomed into the character that I am, the man that I am, and um, the friend that I am and mentor that I turned into uh, because that was not instilled in my household growing up. And then 13, 13 and a half years ago, was blessed with uh, marrying, my, marrying my beautiful wife, Francine. And uh, we live in Colorado Springs now. We met here in Colorado Springs, and now we're attending school and just on fire for the Lord. Well, Ethan, thank you so much. And first thing I want to say is uh, thank you for your service. And, you know, I, I, I gave four years to my country back in 75 to 79, and uh, it was all peacetime, and sometimes I feel a little bit unworthy when everybody says, you know, if you're a veteran, stand up, because I did not see action, and yet um, being in the service was one of the best things that I ever learned. I learned a lot, and I grew a lot, and I needed it, and it was good for me. You know, I really appreciate looking at you and looking at Francine. You epitomize what a marriage should look like. That being said, I've got a question for you. What do you feel is the most important decision that you ever made in your life, and why? Uh, that's a really easy question. I could jump right into it, and that's, of course, marrying my lovely wife, Francine Wilson. Um, we just, uh, we've grown so much um, over our years of marriage, and it's only been a short 13 years, but we've, we've had deployments, we've been apart, we've had 
uh, arguments and, and uh, separations of time and just a, uh, a re- I really did everything wrong as a stepfather um, to the kids. And, you know, that's something that I always apologize to them for and ask for forgiveness for. And even though they've forgiven me, I still I still feel bad about some of the things that have happened and um, the uh, the household that we had had. And, you know, that got between Francine and I, too. So that's the best decision I ever made. Okay, that's great. Um, Tell me about your decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and how did that come about? And tell tell me what you remember about that. So Francine came to the Lord first. Um, we tried to grow up in a household um, that we went to church, but it, it was, you know, it was the wrong timing, and um, it, it just didn't fit the environment. Um, Francine came to the Lord first at our church and invited me, and when she did, it was funny because they have a, a band and rock and music and guitars and all that stuff, and I'm like, what? That's not a church. Uh, but the first day I went, I was in tears. I was blown over by the Spirit. And I really started to learn and develop my thoughts of God's always been with me and always protecting me in my childhood, but I didn't know who God was, and he was this faraway person that, that didn't love me, didn't care for me. And my fatherly example on earth was far, far removed from the God who actually loves us and cares for us. Okay, thank you. Uh, I meant to interject this earlier, but um, I, I want to know that I want you to know that I do share that same experience with my earthly father. And this is—it's hard to say this is a testimony, but I never once in my life remember my dad ever telling me that he loved me. I really would like for that to sink in for some of you. Never once in my life do I ever remember my father telling me he loved me. So when you come to that realization, when you look at God, God is our Father. Now, whether you have a, an earthly father, a national, natural father, it doesn't matter because God really is your Father. When did you come to that realization of how important God truly is to you? For me, it came to realization when I went to a mission trip to Brazil and we were told we were doing a mission trip for uh, street evangelism. It was during the Olympics at that time. And we actually went to a ton of homes, uh, children's homes, uh, that were waiting for medical procedures or they were re- removed from their homes uh, because of abuse. And all of a sudden, it, my eyes just opened up that I went through all the stuff that I did to speak to these children that are actively walking through that. And t- um, <clears throat> showing these children that a grown man um, that was in the military active duty at the time that looked different from them, that spoke a different language from them, was speaking different to them, went through those same things. And I overcame them and was able to speak life into these children that, again, they were their tears were still fresh. Mine were healed and wiped away, but theirs were still fresh. So you see the anger, the frustration on their faces, and it just made me want to pour out God's love even more on them because they were going through those situations right then and there. And I was able to speak to them and show them that you can come out on the other side and still be smiling because God loves you and he loves us. Wow, that is so true. And my gosh, I could not have said that better. You know, one thing I really want to try to establish when I have husbands and fathers on this program 
is the realization that we are to be the priest of our home. It says in Ephesians, not only in Ephesians, Paul wanted to get his point across, so not only in Ephesians did he talk about this, but he also mentioned this in Colossians. So this was, has always been an issue, but it tells us that we are to love our wives like Christ loved the church. Ethan, take me through that process. You are the priest of your home. How do you portray that in your household? I think in that position, um, one of the most important things for me is that um, the open dialogue of a two-way conversation and not being accusatory and being forgiving, and that's something that is a giant thing that with myself is the forgive, forgiving piece and the uh, lack of being snarky that uh, Francine always calls me. But it's, um, it's uh, asking for forgiveness, being forgiving, having dialogue, having conversations, because in that position, I'm not the only one that's right. Francine's right, too. And that loving relationship goes both ways. It goes two ways. And when there's things that uh, we're confused about or I'm confused about trying to lead the household is I have to ask questions and realize that Francine is a part of the house too. And we have to have that loving relationship to uh, have a loving house every day. Thank you, Ethan, for sharing. Um, I feel led to go over this one verse, and this is in the Amplified. It says, in the same way, you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship, as with someone physically weaker, since she is a woman. Show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Ethan, tell me in just a brief, brief words, what does that verse mean to you? I think it means um, that, you know, in our partnership, you know, I can't look down on my wife, on Francine, in a way that um, makes her uh, seem weaker um, as, a, as a partner. And um, something that just, you know, popped into my head was that, too, the times that we've had troubled times, troubled relationships, we've had arguments and stuff like that, and I've said mean things, you know, seeing the look on Francine's face of disappointment and uh, anger sometimes, you know, that's not a place to live. That's not a place to be. And even though, you know, scripture says, you know, weaker, you know, we, um, we joke around a lot and everything. And Francine's actually pretty stronger than me. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I digress. Again, you know, her and I are partners and there's no place in a relationship, in a healthy relationship, where I make her feel any less than she is. Ethan, that was a wonderful answer. Thank you for sharing that. But I've got another question with you, um, especially coming from a blended family. It says in Ephesians, I'm not sure exactly which chapter, but do not let the sun go down on your anger. How have you dealt with that, both with Francine and also with her kids? Um, how I processed that was um, asking for forgiveness um, and letting... Francine know and the kids know that um, that I'm tr trying to be a better person and trying to let the sunset go down on past um, past mistakes, past feelings, and also for that sunset to go down, 
But for me to be worked on at nighttime, so the same things didn't happen the next day. And also showing them that I can be a new person, a new creation. Um, and then show them too that, you know, I want to love them and I want them to feel at home in the house. I want them to feel like this is the place that they need to be and they're protected. So letting go of those things, asking for forgiveness and put, putting that behind me so we could face a new day. Wow, that is such a good answer, and and we can learn so much from that comment. You know, I want to say one thing. I was a teacher for over 20 years, and one thing I always liked about the, the opportunity to be a teacher is that every day is a new day. And as a teacher, I would often make mistakes, and um, I'd go home and kick myself sometimes for some of the thing I might have said to a particular student, and I'd feel so bad, but I'd always look forward to the next morning because it's a new day. And I feel that being a man, being the priest of the home, being the husband, being the caretaker, that you also have that opportunity. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'd also like to add that, you know, us as men, um, we have a hard time saying, I'm sorry, and asking for forgiveness. And that's, those are boundaries that I'm you know, knocking down, I feel, at school and at a local church and with friends is that showing other guys, I mean, I go hunting and fishing and showing other tough guys, you know, that it's okay to be sorry. It's okay to say I'm sorry. It's okay to ask for forgiveness and realize that we are broken and we need to overcome. Okay, you know, I read an article this past week, and it really grieved my heart. It said uh, the, 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 the title of the article was Why Men Hate to Go to Church. And, um, you know, when I think about that comment, I can't help but think we need to make a difference. And one of the things about going to Karis gives us that opportunity. We are under the word four hours a day, 20 hours a week. And we are just so saturated with the Word of God. Sometimes it kind of comes out of our ears. We have so much, we can't even partake in all of it says. But how do you feel about going to church? And what can you do in your particular church to make a difference? For myself, um, I've uh, our church has fire teams and they're small men's groups. And I've led a fire team before, I've been part of fire teams before. But what I love about the fire teams, and this bleeds over into going to Karis, is that we can be vulnerable. We can show vulnerability. We can cry. We can laugh. And when we do this, it shows other men that maybe are carrying brokenness that it's okay to be broken, but you got to, you know, got to climb out of climb out of that pit. But other men are in the same place. Other men are in the same boat. Other men are in the same pit. And other men need to see that and realize that there's a brotherhood of strength that comes from being in a brotherhood. And what I love about, um, I'm a crier, some other people are criers too, I love it. I love showing other men, other people that it's okay to cry because through tears comes joy and happiness. You know, and I'm going to bring this up because, you know, I, for the longest time, um, I used to be a crier and then for a long time I had forgotten and not been able to cry. I now, I, I cry at the drop of a hat. I cry at every Hallmark movie I see. I mean, I can be talking to people on a daily basis, and it brings tears to my eyes, and I often have to stop in the middle of a conversation because I just break down. And, you know, only Jesus can do that to a person. 
you know, and I sit there and think how much I've been changed by coming to Karis, and I, I really hate to cut you short, but our time has run out. And, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today. I just really, really appreciate you so much and Francine as well. And if guys, if you did not get a chance to listen to Francine's testimony, that was last week on the 5th. So I encourage you to take a look at that and please listen to that because that was powerful as well. But I will never leave a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Please repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus down to earth, that you loved us so much that you were willing to give up his life. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you that by dying on the cross, all of my sins have been forgiven. Thank you for saving me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Folks, anyone, if you said that prayer today, please send me a quick email at billkelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, 0807 at protonmail.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.